1: BlueNile.com Hello my lovely betwixters, it's me Kate Lister. You are listening to me and this is Betwixter Sheets. But before we can get going with the rest of the show, I think you know what's coming. Take a seat. Here is your fair dues warning. This is an adult podcast broken by adults to other adults about adulty things in an adulty way, covering a range of adult subjects and you should be an adult too. And if you're not, this is your opportunity to... For the rest of you, let's do this! On this podcast, you can always count on us to be wholesome. (laughs) Always! Why? Why are you raising your eyebrows? I think of us as very wholesome. But listen, just because the decorations are up and the relatives are tottering around doesn't mean that our sexual selves are also taking a yuletide break. Well, I'm, I'm speaking for myself mostly here, but I'm sure there are other Christmas horn dogs amongst you. In fact, in fact, scientific studies, real ones, not just conducted by Santa, have shown that we do experience spikes of horniness around this time of year. Ha ha ha. Again, with the raised eyebrows. Or is that something else that you're raising? Moving on. And there's one guy who happens to be getting a lot of attention around this time of year. Yeah, Santa. Big old Saint Nick. He tells you if you're naughty or you're nice, he delivers presents to you, and most devastatingly of all, because of his globe-trotting sleigh exploration, he's so unattainable. And he's a polar bear to boot. And on this episode of Betwixt, we are embracing Santa Filia. Why not? Let's just go with it.
2: What do you look for, a man? Oh, money, of course. <laughs> You're supposed to rise when an adult speaks to you. I make perfect copies of whatever
0: my boss needs by just turning a knob and pushing the button. Now!
2: Yes, social courtesy does make a difference.
0: Goodness, what beautiful time. Goodness has nothing to do with it, Jerry.
1: Hello and welcome back to Betwixt the Sheets, the history of sex scandal in society, with me, Kate Lister. When the nights are longer than the days and you've got nothing but a 10,000-piece puzzle of an alpine view to keep you company, it's no wonder that your thoughts might wander off to more stimulating subjects. And for some people, that nice thought is Santa Claus himself. But why does the mythical man conjure up sexy thoughts at all? To help me uncover this festive fetish, I am revisiting an episode from last year when I spoke to NHS junior doctor, psychosexual therapist in training and sexual wellness consultant, Alicia Voot. If nothing else, it brings me tremendous joy to think that you might be listening to this while prepping for Christmas just to tune in and hear us talk about people wanting to shag Santa. This just leaves me to say that however you are spending this festive period, whether it's with a family that you love or a bunch of people that you loathe, or maybe it's just in your own fabulous company, whatever it is that you're doing, we are one betwixt community, and I am so, so pleased that you spent time with me this year. Let's do this. Santaphilia. Yes, that's a real word. I didn't just make that up. It's one of the vast paraphilias and quirks and kinks in the huge spectrum of human sexuality that includes things like people who are turned on by bits of wood or people who are turned on by insects or coprophilia. You can look that one up in your own time. But Santaphilia is a real thing. And in order to understand how Santa can be sexy, We need to try and get into some of the history of Father Christmas. And I am so passionate about this subject that I am going to talk to you about this myself. Ho, ho, ho! Merry
2: Christmas!
1: Well, the first thing that we've got to try and understand is that Santa Claus, ho, 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 bowl full of jelly and all that stuff, and Father Christmas, they're one and the same today but they actually derive from two distinct figures with very separate histories. Santa Claus is an American derivative of the Dutch Sinterklaas, a name for Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas, jolly old Saint Nick, was the Bishop of Maya in Turkey in the fourth century. And he is officially recognized by the church as the patron saint of all kinds of things, including sex workers, which is one of my favorite Christmas facts. He's also the patron saint of students and merchants. And I think there's over a hundred things that he's the patron saint of, but he is the patron saint of sex workers. And the reason for that is the most famous story about Saint Nick is him giving three impoverished sisters dowries that would allow them to get married and thus saving them from having to go on the game. The figure of Father Christmas is different. He's a different person to Saint Nicholas and he has a lot more of a sordid history. The earliest evidence that we've got of Father Christmas is a 15th century hymn by someone called Richard Smart, who was a rector of Plymtree. And from there, Father Christmas starts to crop up in all kinds of ballads and plays and poems, where he tends to be a jolly fat figure who is associated with partying at Christmas. And debauchery and general naughtiness. There are even early descriptions of Father Christmas as being something of a sex symbol. He's this kind of figure of wintertime misrule and debauchery. For example, in the 1646 text, The Arraignment, Conviction and Imprisoning of Christmas... We are told that, quote, women dote after him. He helped so many of them with new gowns, hats, and handkerchiefs, and other fine knacks, of which he hath a pack on his back, in which is a good store of all sorts, beside the fine knacks that he got out of their husbands. <laughs> and he isn't just called Father Christmas, he's also called Captain Christmas, the Christmas Lord, and Prince Christmas. And this figure kind of turns up around the winter solstice, and he's just there to have a party, to have a good time, to give people presents, people are getting drunk, the wives clearly love him.
0: Have you been a little
1: girl? (laughs) Despite modern threats that Christmas has become too commercialised and has lost its original meaning, I am here to tell you that that has been the case for as long as people have been celebrating this particular festival. Even the oldest records talk about how no one's taking it seriously, everybody's drunk and using it as an excuse for a piss-up. It is as much the part of the Christmas festivities as anything else that you can think of. As far back as 1580, a guy called Philip Stubbs was moaning about this very thing. He said that more mischief is that time committed than in all the year beside. What masking and mumming, whereby robbery, whoredom, murder, and what is not committed. What dicing and carding, what eating and drinking, what banqueting and feasting is then used. More than in all the year besides, to the great dishonour of God and the impoverishing of the realm. And to be fair, that sounds like an absolutely cracking Christmas party, but that is not what the Puritans thought when they took over the reins of the country. Not only were they not keen on partying, whoring, murder and mumming, but they just didn't like Christmas and they famously attempted to ban it. And as the figurehead of the winter celebrations, Father Christmas was at the top of the Puritan hit list. Of course, as much as the Puritans tried to ban Christmas, they weren't successful at it. People liked Christmas. They liked partying. They liked getting drunk. And the Puritans attempting to ban it was met with about as much enthusiasm as it would be if somebody tried to ban Christmas today. The people just weren't having it. So parties continued. People were still misbehaving. And there was plenty of pearl clutching that went on. So, of course, when Charles II, the Merry Monarch, was restored to the throne in 1660... Christmas and all of its celebrations came with him. And thankfully, Father Christmas, Captain Christmas, or the Prince of Christmas, managed to survive the Puritan purge. And was celebrated in pamphlets and poems of the day as Father Christmas was back again. Hurrah! But this is the figure of Father Christmas. A winter figure of debauchery and misrule and having a good time and misbehaving yourself and wives getting a little bit carried away when he flashes them a handkerchief or two (laughs) and right up to the 19th century father christmas was described as wearing a green hooded cloak and carrying a wreath of holly ivy or mistletoe and if that sounds familiar to you it may be because charles dickens brought the figure of father christmas to life in his ghost of christmas present who is also wearing a green coat carrying holly and is there to have a damn good time Father Christmas managed to survive the Puritans, but when the American Santa Claus, a derivative of Sinterklaas, was exported to Britain in the 19th century through books, postcards and advertisements, the two figures merged. Captain Christmas shed his wild ways and settled down into the beloved, child-friendly figure that he is today. But as we will see, Father Christmas or Santa Claus never really did shake off that sexy image. It's still there bubbling beneath the surface. Does that make you feel uncomfortable? Yeah, it probably does. But think about it. When Eartha Kitt was singing Santa Baby in that sexy voice. I mean, come on, that's sexy. Santa's sexy. And that was in 1953. And that song was so sexy. It was actually banned in areas of the southern United States. Then we've got songs like I Saw Mummy Kissing Santa Claus, 1952, Tommy Connor and Jimmy Boyd. It's not explicitly rude, but I mean, it's suggestive at the very least. I'll be back after this short break with my chat with Alisa Voot. He'll be telling me why people find Santa sexy.
2: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right.
0: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving
1: Hello and welcome to Betwixt the Santa Sheets, Elisa Voot. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Kate? I am so thrilled to be talking to you about this particular mad <laughs> subject. <laughs> oh, what is our lives? Right, so I'm talking to you about why Santa's sexy, about people at Fancy Santa. And in your capacity as somebody who studies psychosexual therapist, sexual therapist, Hmm. you seem like a reasonable person to ask this question is santa sexy and why do some people think he's sexy there are lots of different reasons to find
3: santa sexy you know we can take it all the way back go very freudian with it and talk about the fact that you know freud says that humans have the capacity to find anything sexual even if it doesn't fit in as socially or culturally appropriate but more so than that santa's a figure that's been around since childhood He's a sign of stability So when we sit in unprecedented times like we have done for the last two and a half years mm-hmm. Santa is a sign of consistency He is someone that has been in your life since childhood And he has turned up every year I'd never thought of it like that Yeah He comes with a sense of familiarity He also comes with a paternal aspect mm. He is somebody that will bring you gifts, will care for you, will watch over you. And that's where we start to see the other flip side of it. That Actually, Santa's quite a dominant character <laughs> and a bit of a voyeur. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake, which assumes he knows
1: what you're up to in bed. Oh, my God. So, oh. filthy perv. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never thought of it, but he does give big daddy energy, doesn't he?
3: Absolutely. He is like the definition of a polar bear dilf, I would say. (laughs) And, you know, we've got these new movies coming out, like Violent Night. What's that? Violent Night is a new film that's coming out this Christmas. And the main character is just like pure dilf energy. He's the guy that plays Hopper in Stranger Things. I can't no. remember the name of the actor. So it's like this sexy Santa that has to blow things up to save Christmas. And it's like, where is that idea
1: of Santa come from? God, never thought of him like that. A dilf. A dilf. Or yeah. a filth. A filth. <laughs> <laughs> oh God,
3: help me. Right. Just coined a new term there.
1: <laughs> and I suppose that, like the idea of discipline as well, that he punishes you if you're naughty. Exactly. And it's obviously a really
3: common kink to be told, you know, oh, you're a good girl or you're a good boy or don't be so naughty within sort of BDSM and Dom subculture, that that's them building up on it. There is a reason in December suddenly in places like Pornhub searches for Santa or Christmas-themed pornography shoots up is because, again, humans love familiarity. Santa's everywhere. So suddenly you equate your other half calling you a naughty girl with Santa telling me that I'm going to be on its naughty list. And, oh, suddenly you can start to see how those two things are adding together. I can. And that's what brings it in. And we crave novelty as a species. We like new and fun and exciting. Mm. So actually... Just trying to build all those things in, doing something that's a bit risque, but actually quite safe in terms of kinks. that it brings us into this really interesting space that it's quite actually an accessible kink that people can enjoy. And then there's the whole sitting on his knee
1: business. Yeah. <laughs> Just now, now I'm actually thinking about what we're actually doing with yeah. this. Yeah.
3: So since childhood, you're invited to go and sit on this big, strong, but gentle man's lap who's monitoring you at all times. You sit on his knee, go snuggle into his chest, go tell him your deepest, darkest secrets. He creates this sense of
1: safety. And if you're good, he'll give you a nice present.
3: Yeah, exactly. And as we get older, those messages obviously translate into, oh, actually, I'd quite like that in a sexual partner.
1: (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. I mean, it's so true. And we don't even need to get into the, like, you know, the double hundreds of emptying sacks and coming once a year. <laughs> Down your chimney, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I mean, it just writes itself, doesn't it? Mm. From a history point of view, it's quite interesting because the medieval figure of Santa wasn't, like, the Santa that we know today. He was, like, this kind of, like, lord of Christmas misrule, and he was associated with naughty stuff but people didn't sit on his knee and he didn't like hand out presents to good boys and girls and all that stuff so like the modern santa like when you've just said that it absolutely does feed into sort of dominant submissive bdsm absolutely oh santa santa what are you doing so i think it's pretty common for around this time of year we see sexy christmas outfits Mm. maybe not santa people Mm. just kind of aren't used to looking at him in that way but it's definitely there But like, you know, the sort of the sexy Mrs. Claus outfits, what's that about? Is that novelty as well?
3: I think so. And I think it's that sort of next level on, I imagine there's an element of having something you shouldn't have. Mrs. Claus doesn't belong to you. That's true. She's somebody else's. And... Santa works really, really hard. He's a big, strong man, and he just needs somebody to look after him. And so you've got that trad wife element to it as well. And, again, it's that flip side of a dom master-slave relationship that actually it's like, I'm going to look after you and care for you because you've done such a strong, hard job. Go so on, that man. kind of can play into it as well. Plus, anything can be sexy in thigh-high boots <laughs> and a lot of red velvet. Very so true.
1: <laughs> very true. very true. Do you think as well it's like the sort of, I don't know if I'm reading it too much, but like we like to find things ironically sexy, like a sexy Mm. nun or like a sexy, like the sexy schoolgirl trope. But all of that is like that you're not supposed to think that that's sexy. And do you think like sort of the Santa stuff feeds into that? Like it's naughty for us to think of it like that. Yeah, exactly. And even more reason to end up on the naughty list. You know, (laughs) it's
3: something we shouldn't do. And therefore, you get that little rush of dopamine that you're like, Mm. oh, yeah, that feels good. Mm. And again, because it is in a safe, consensual manner, it is a very, you know, healthy way to explore a fetish because you know as long as it's legal it's consensual and it's safe then you've got nothing to lose with that so actually being able to do something naughty without it actually really
1: being it's best of both worlds that is isn't it get all the dopamine and (laughs) endorphins yeah presents (laughs) so if anyone's listening to this and they think god i do have a bit of a santa kink actually and maybe it's something they've been sort of like quite ashamed of and just like a bit embarrassed what advice do you have for anybody tuning in with that kind of thoughts it's
3: completely normal there was a poll done a couple of christmases ago that apparently 48 percent of women find santa sexy in some way yeah (laughs) so it's completely normal you know and as we said there are so many positive attributes about Santa, whether you're into the dom-sub dynamic or not, or even if you just like the idea of a big, strong, hairy man, that's
1: your type. Polar bear, like you said. Yeah, polar bear, silver bear, yeah. I love that. Now I'm thinking about it. Christmas is quite a sexy time. Like, there's sex kind of woven through it in all kinds of different ways. Mm -hmm. Do you see that in other things, like stuff like advent calendars or like the commercialisation of Christmas? Are these sexy things?
3: I mean, now, companies such as Love Honey are doing sex toy advent calendars. Are they really? <gasps>
1: I hadn't seen I mean sometimes when I'm on TikTok, I see people with like advent calendars that cost more than my car did. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. But I hadn't realized there are sex toy. Well, of course there are. Yeah, now of course there are.
3: Yeah. Love Honey's the first one that comes to mind. I'm sure there are definitely other companies that are doing it, but you know, this idea that a little naughty treat for either you or they do gender-specific or partnered ones, you know. So actually, is it just about you, is it about sharing with somebody else? So that naturally feeds into it. Most of the big sexual wellness brands will do Christmas sales. That is true. It's about staying warm, gifting each other, lots about massage oils. There is definitely going to be candy cane flavoured lube out there, you know, <laughs> which... <laughs> I have a flaky boat,
1: but you know. <laughs> what Christmas-flavored lube would you like to see? It'd be weird if it was like turkey, wouldn't oh, it? That would be an turkey, lube. yeah,
3: stuffing, yeah. I know. <laughs>
1: That would, like, no one would buy that ever. That would just be the no, worst. No, Like, mulled wine, maybe. That would be quite a nice one. That'd be quite nice. Yeah, I was thinking that, like, clementine. Oh, that's... See, this is why you're much better at this than I am. <laughs> clementine. That would be perfect, wouldn't it? That would be
3: lovely. They, the first thought that came into my head was, oh, sage to get the old demons out of there, you know. <laughs>
1: Did you imagine producing that? I'd be like, yeah, it's sage, because I need to exercise your genitals. So <laughs> Oh, God. Do you, oh, you've been so much fun to talk to. And its I think that we can say that Christmas is a sexy time. What do you think? I think Christmas is definitely a sexy time of year. Yeah.
3: And Santa and sexy just fit together so nicely.
1: In a very weird but very real way.
3: Yes, absolutely. Embrace it.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Alicia. You've been an absolute joy. And Merry Christmas.
3: Merry Christmas to you too, Kate.
1: Thank you for listening and thank you so much to Alicia for joining me. And if you like what you heard, please don't forget to like, review and follow along wherever it is that you get your podcasts. If you'd like us to explore a subject or maybe you just wanted to say hello, then you can email us at betwixt@historyhit.com. We have got episodes on everything from the history of swearing to the real outlander all marching your way. This podcast was produced by Stuart Beckwith. The senior producer was Charlotte Long. Join me again betwixt the sheets, the history of sex scandal in society, a podcast by History Hit. This podcast contains music from epidemic sound.
2: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right
0: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello, fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com.
1: Let's get this dinner party started. Thank you for listening to this episode of Betwixt the Sheets please follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us and you'll be doing us a big favour. Don't forget, you can also listen to all these podcasts ad-free and watch hundreds of documentaries when you subscribe at historyhit.com forward slash subscribe. As a special gift, you can get your first three months for just £1 a month when you use the code betwixt at checkout.